Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where I get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I am your host, Connor Duffy. If you are struggling with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, 203-917-8862. If you or a family member are looking for treatment, you can reach out to that direct line or any other type of resource that you need. Now, what I want to talk with you today is what is the number one tip, what is the number one tool for relapse prevention? And I want to give you something that you can go to at any point, right? I want to give you something to think about at any given time when these thoughts pop up because we really don't get to control when cravings come or what type of situation we are going to be in, uh, including our environment and our circumstance. So something that has always helped me is remembering your last high. A lot of times when we get cravings, when we get urges to use, we only glamorize, we only think about the uh, positives uh, of using. And to be honest with you, there's not many positives from using, but we get attracted to the feelings of escape or uh, not feeling whatever it is that we are currently feeling. So um, it's very easy to go back to a time where it was attractive. And a lot of times we think about the first high instead of remembering what the last high was. Um, When you think about an individual who gets hooked on drugs or alcohol, usually our first experiences when we are in the early stages of experimenting, uh, we get hooked and it is attractive to us. Something about it um, grabs our attention and for one reason or another, it becomes a coping mechanism of some sort. And for me, that was 100% the case. I started getting high at nine years old. I was very, very young. And it wasn't so much the feelings of getting high that I was attracted to, but I remembered all the other things that came with it. Um, I knew I was doing the wrong thing. Uh, I knew I was going to have to hide it from from my family and loved ones, and I knew that I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. I was attracted to the emotions and the feelings of getting high than the actual high itself, or at least they were equal. So I remember that. Uh, It stands out very, very clear to me, right? Um, I don't remember my first steak. I don't remember uh, the first A I got on a report card. I barely even remember the first time that uh, I had sex, right? But I do remember very, very clearly the first time that I got high. So it was meaningful to me right away, you know? And um, I was attracted to that feeling. And that really followed me throughout my career, quote unquote, if you want to call it that, of using and drinking and partying. I was always attracted to... Um, escaping my reality and that's a very powerful feeling when you're young and it gives you that type of um, it gives you that type of escape or it gives you that type of feeling um, that's very very tough to pull away from that and so it, it made a very lasting uh, impression on me and a lot of times when we get sober uh, clearly we're going to have cravings we're going to have urges we're going to have moments where Um, we have these moments of weakness and we're going to want to go back to old behaviors. And it's easy to remember how things were in the beginning. It's easy to remember the relief, uh, that the using gives us, but, but we're not necessarily always thinking about the fucking pain and the torment 
and all of the chaos that is created from our using uh, that happens on the back end, right? As we go through that experimental phase and we go through our addictions and um, we start to face the reality of what addiction really is, we realize, damn, this is not what it was cracked out to be in the beginning. It just takes a lot of experience to uh, find those answers, right? It takes a lot of time um, to really see the ramifications of what we're doing. So it's almost like you're hypnotized by using and drinking in the beginning. It, it's, it, I almost look at it like a toxic best friend. It's when you're first hanging out with somebody, um, you might really hit it off and you have a strong bond and, and you get along well with one another. You have a good time, but you always get in each other's way. You're constantly feeding each other um, in a negative way or you're getting in trouble and, and it's chaotic, but it's almost intoxicating, right? Because you're, you uh, feed off of one another. And it's really hard to separate from these people because you genuinely, you genuinely care about these people and, and you do have a good time, but it just leads to uh, your destruction and it leads to a negative self instead of a positive self. And that is exactly how I look at drug use. That is exactly how I look at alcoholism, right? It's almost like a toxic best friend that we really struggle to separate from. And even at some points, you can't imagine a future without it. You know what I'm saying? Even if you know that it's not necessarily a healthy thing for you, it gets to the point, for, for myself at least, I will speak for me, I couldn't envision a scenario where I wasn't going to be using. You know, I really didn't. I didn't see a life where I was going to have peace of mind. I didn't see a future with me in it where I was going to be able to um, get through life in a positive way or even a fucking, never mind a positive way. I didn't think I'd ever be able to just bear through life without being able to escape it. Um, I was always in pain, man. And it's not like I came from um, an abusive uh, household or anything like that. I, I was just always looking for something. And so when I found drugs and alcohol and, and weed and that experimental phase that I was in, I, f I felt like I had finally found something that I was, that, that I didn't even know I was looking for. You know, I was searching for something, right? And when I found uh, getting high, it was like I had like, boom, like found it. Whatever that it was, I knew that's what it was, right? So when we're getting sober, those cravings, they don't just go away. They don't just stop. You know what I mean? And, and the only way that we can kind of work on that is to feel those cravings and to get through them by not getting high. Right by exercising our um, logic and reason, and remembering what addiction really does to us and the places that it really brings us to, you know what I'm saying. So, the tool that I'm giving you here is is just a very simple way of reframing what you are craving. And when you are craving to get high, a lot of times we just think about. Um, the uh, quote-unquote positives, the, the relief that we're searching for. And we're ignoring all the ugly shit and chaos that comes from our using, the broken relationships, the, um, the loss of opportunities, uh, the loss of sense of self, not being able to look at yourself in the mirror, 
because you know what you're doing is fucked up, right? Lying to our loved ones, lying to ourselves. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the halting of self-development and progressing in the right direction. That's what addiction really is for all of us. And I don't care if you're a functioning addict or an alcoholic um, or not, or if it's completely unmanageable. Um, it really doesn't matter because it stops your progress in all different areas. It takes so much of our attention and our energy, and it just saps us of our resourcefulness, at least towards uh, positive things, right? It, it forces us to um, manipulate and justify poor behaviors when we could really be pouring our energy into things that are creating a fruitful life for ourselves, but it takes work. And that's what we're afraid of. A lot of times we're afraid of the work that comes um, with sobriety. We're used to, to hitting that easy button and knowing exactly how to escape our reality. And that's not how life works. Not if you want to be successful. Not if you want to have a good life. There is no fucking easy button. I'm telling you the easy button is sobriety. The, the pathway, uh, the path to a healthy, fruitful life is much easier in sobriety than it is in addiction. You know what I mean? That, that end result does not exist in addiction. So we constantly have to reframe our mind and remember where it really leads to. You know what I'm saying? And you really have to paint an honest picture with yourself about what using really is. And for the first two years, I'd say, in my sobriety, I, I really... Of course, I had cravings, you know what I'm saying? Uh, specifically within my first year, it was there were times that were really tough. And it did get easier, but they were definitely still there. And, um, and it, even into my second year, for sure, uh, 100%, I almost had a, uh, a relapse in my second year. I was so close, very, very close. Uh, and it would have been devastating. I don't think I would have made it. I really don't. And... Um, it was truly divine intervention that pulled me out of that scenario, really. I mean, I was on my way to go get heroin, and nobody could convince me otherwise. I didn't tell anybody. Um, it was really just me and myself and God and, and, uh, and my thoughts, and that's it. And I was, I was convinced that I was going to go do it. And for some reason, uh, you know, I, I got a phone call five minutes before I was going to going to uh, my, my connect's house, and uh, I just had a, a change of thought, and I was literally on my way to get it, and so I, I did not think my using through. I did not play out this scenario, um, at least not in a thoughtful way, and you know, the funny thing about a relapse is it never actually happens in that moment. A relapse happens uh, days, weeks, months prior to. And the reason I say that is because it's, it's the, it's the, it's the culmination. It's the, it's the combination, I should say, of, of days and habits that are going in a negative direction. That's usually the case. Our mindset starts to shift. We start to do things that aren't healthy for us. Uh, we get around people that are not, um, healthy for our sobriety and we start to isolate, um, and anger, or anger can start to seep in, right? There's, there's a lot of different things that can play into a relapse, but the whole gist of it is, is we, we stop doing the things that are healthy for us. 
and and um and each time that I either had relapsed or was extremely close to uh, relapsing uh, in the coming, uh, in the prior weeks, days uh, beforehand, um, I really wasn't doing what I needed to do. I stopped doing what was working. And then I stopped uh, reminding myself of, of why sobriety was worth it to me. You know what I mean? So... Um, if you ever get to the point where you are really struggling, I'm not talking with like cravings that just kind of pop up here and there, but I'm talking like severely, uh, you're struggling with cravings and, and the idea of relapse is just occurring all the time. It's because, you know, usually there are things missing in your recovery and you're not, you're not surrounding yourself with positive reinforcement in sobriety. This is why I talk so much about getting around people in recovery. You know, it was just so crucial for me. I really needed to surround myself with people that I knew had my back and um, could kind of like reinforce that faith in me that recovery could be a good thing because I did not believe that sobriety was going to look good for me. I really didn't, um, as I mentioned earlier. So towards... Uh, my relapses or, or my close encounters with relapse, I usually was isolated and by myself and I was fucking angry and in some type of pain. And I just kind of wanted to escape my reality. You know what I mean? So um, I lost the tr- my truth, the truth, right? That using ends up in more pain. It's not going to solve your pain. It might be a temporary solution, but it's a really shitty one. And it doesn't ever last. It doesn't ever um, lead to sustainable solutions. It just leads to more uh, chronic pain. And if I truly remember that and I believe that and I accept that as my truth, why would I want to go back to that? You know? Why would I want to go back to a time uh, that's going to just bring more pain in my life? It's not worth the temporary relief that I think it's going to give me in that moment. Not if I realize and I, and I know in my heart that it's going to lead to more pain. And so that's why you have to think the drink through. You have to think using through. Forget where it's going to bring you right now. Where is it going to bring you later? Where is it going to bring you tomorrow when you have to brush your teeth and look at yourself in the mirror? How are you going to feel about yourself? And, you know, all the times that I, that I battled through cravings and I woke up the next morning and I stayed sober, I never said, fuck, man, I really wish I relapsed the night before. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. You know what I mean? But I do promise you that if you, if you just get to bed sober and you wake up the next morning, you're going to look at yourself and go, you know what? Today might not be what I want it to be. And I might not be feeling like a million bucks, but I am glad that I stayed sober. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because emotions are temporary, and we have to remember that too. The feelings and the cravings that we have when you want to use, that shit ain't going to last forever. Not if you continue to put in the work. Not if you continue to move in the right direction. You develop yourself and you create a life that is driven by purpose and passion and, and, uh, and getting around people who are positive for you. It doesn't take a lot. It really doesn't. I'm not saying that it's easy to get sober, but... The steps to get sober really is simple. And there's a difference there, right? Simple and easy are two different things. The, the pathway to recovery is simple. It might not be easy, 
because there are hard times, but so is anything else that's worthwhile. However, the pathway is simple. We get around people who are, who are positive reinforcements that, that know how to stay sober and can uh, uh, guide us down a certain path, right? We, uh, we work on ourselves and we start to, you know, um, figure out why we do what we do and, that, and whether that's going through the 12 steps or you go to treatment or you work on things with a therapist um, or you work with a recovery coach or you listen to podcasts and you listen to, you know, people that have been there before you seek guidance from people who have been there. And if you continue to work on yourself and build these uh, healthy coping mechanisms for yourself, you start to focus on on uh, building yourself up physically, mentally, emotionally, right? And then you start to recreate your why in life, why you wake up in the morning and define what it is that you want to achieve. I'm telling you, man, your life can look very, very different in a short amount of time. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in hundreds and thousands of other people. And um, no matter what your situation looks like, you can do it too. I've seen it all. It doesn't matter what your situation is, what your scenario is, what your circumstances are, uh, what background you come from. I've seen it time and time again. And so uh, you might not believe it yourself, but maybe you believe that I believe it. And sometimes that's all that matters. And, and let me explain that. When I got sober, I never believed that I could do it, right? I didn't believe that I could actually get clean. But what I did believe is when I got around people who were sober and I saw that other people had this light in their eyes and I knew that they were being honest with me when they said that they enjoyed being sober and they used to be fucked up just like I was and they started to live their life along, among different principles and, and figured it out themselves, that instilled belief in me right? That was enough. I believe that they had experienced what I have, have experienced in that moment. And that was enough for me. We get faith. Um, we experience faith and get a new sense of, of belief in ourselves when we start to realize that other people have done it too, because we're not isolated. We're not alone in, in our own head about shit. That's why I keep on telling people like isolation is some of the worst uh, it's the worst poison that we can feed ourselves, you know? But when you get around others that have been there before and you can relate to and remind you of, of why we're getting sober today, it's the best antidote to your addiction, I'm telling you, you know? So always remember your last high. Uh, forget the first high. That shit is long gone, and it is never coming back. I can promise you that. You are never going to achieve that feeling that you achieved or that you experienced, I should say, um, in, in your early days of using. That shit is long gone. Because once you accept using and drinking as a problem for yourself and you know it in your heart, you can never unknow it. You can never fool yourself again. You know? Um, I tried. I tried for a long time. I knew I had a problem. I knew that... Um, my addiction wasn't going away because I, I wanted to wish it away. It wasn't going to happen. And once I really accepted that as my truth, um, it was a wrap. My using was over, even when I didn't want it to be. So 
Um, that's all I got for you today. I know that I've been a little, a little absent on this podcast, and I want to apologize to you for that. Uh, I make these podcasts for you, and it really means a lot to me. Um, I've been very busy with uh, my facility over at California Wellness, um, and it's been amazing. It's just been very busy, and it's been such a, such a blessing. It really has. It's been an amazing experience, and so much good is coming from there. Um, so that really is my main focus right now. But but I also want you to know, like, I I do enjoy making these podcast episodes, and and I will continue to make them, um, no matter what. I will make the time, no matter what. It's just been a little. Uh, I've just been out of my consistent zone of making it as much as I want to be. So I will get back to two times a week, and uh, and I really appreciate you being here and listening. Um, so if you are struggling with addiction and you need help, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, 203-917-8862. And I will see you on the next one.